What would you do if you got scammed? Would you suffer in silence or would you do something about it? Well, I got scammed once and this is the story of what I did. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, a true crime podcast from The Ringer. And for seven episodes, we're hunting a con man, a guy with a lot of aliases, a guy who's ruined a lot of weddings. And with the help of some friends, I just might be able to catch him. Listen to The Wedding Scammer on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of The Pod Has Spoken. I would say very special edition, Riley, my yeah. forever co-host, except for the one time that you bounced due to other work obligations employed by the company that employs us to do this. Insane. Right, you gotta get over it, man. I don't know if I can, <laughs> is the thing. You gotta talk to someone about this. This is You're, you're so hung up on this. I mean... Even though I knew it was coming, it still felt a little bit like a betrayal. Well, you're a survivor castaway. I think you should be used to it. No, you get less used to it. It's like a bee sting where, you know, you think, oh, the more bee stings I get, the more immune I'll be to them. Wrong. You develop severe allergic reaction. Worse and worse. Yeah, it gets worse and worse. And I say that we have a very special episode today, not only because the episode of TV was... Uh, great and worth watching. And if you're listening to this podcast and haven't seen the episode of TV, I suggest you watch the episode of TV, uh, episode five, season 45, Survivor. Uh, we have uh, one of my dear friends on the podcast, probably I would say the uh, godfather, I know people call him the podfather of reality TV podcasting, built an entire kingdom on it. And for our newer fans, uh, you'll know him from podcasting. You know, the casual fan knows him from podcasting. But the diehard fans know him as CBS's Survivor Superstar Castaway, Rob Sesternino. Rob, how's it going, dude? Yes. Wow. Tyson, what what an introduction. Yeah. yeah. A, a lot of people don't know this. I actually was on Survivor at one point. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and? Way, way back when. I liked it. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, we liked it, was it fun. too. Yeah. It was fun. And now, uh, look at me all these years later, uh, still watching Survivor like so many people. Yeah, still watching Survivor. Built an empire on it. We're very excited to have you. Usually, uh, the roles are reversed. And, yes, uh, this is so exciting. I, I'm, I, I'm so thrilled to be here. Yeah, 
we famously have done some very, very long episodes of Survivor podcasting in the past, mm-hmm. you and I, hours and hours. This one, we're just going to do a regular amount strap of time. In, yeah, strap in, Riley. Yeah, strap in, Riley. Yeah. We're in a full- I, I actually have a busy day at work today. Do you? But, uh, <laughs> oh. Is this not work? What is this? This is, this is work, okay. but I have other things as well. <laughs> you going work. to Sweden again? I'm not going to Sweden, okay. unfortunately. Look, 90 no. minute episodes. We got to keep up with the podcast, Riley. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a ni- 90 minute podcast. How's that sound? Deal. Fine. Okay. Okay. 90 minute I podcast. Okay. Episode five. I don't want to be the worm. And Sifu back at camp, creepy night camp. He's still bugged that somebody wrote his. I love that. Like, I honestly like the build up from last week to this week. Yeah. How fun is that? I like that you say he's still bugged because it, it, for him, it only happened like 30 <laughs> minutes ago. Like, oh my God, this guy a whole week get later. Get over it. Get dude. over it. Come on. This happened last week, dude. The end of last episode, you're going to start out this episode being all Debbie Downer. What Here a we go again. Sifu. Yeah. I actually thought he he kind of handled it pretty well. Like, I feel like that I've, there's been so many survivors that like would, would just be like nonstop talking about it. And like, he, really wasn't even too like accusatory like outright about it yeah. so i kind of thought like we were going to come in and sifu was just going to be like a maniac but Guns blazing, yeah. I, for sifu i thought that was pretty calm for sifu it was calm what's optimal though i don't know i think you kind of want to probably come back and be like uh like hey like uh that was weird my name came up whatever you know and just like don't keep talking about it uh, and maybe just like one-on-one in uh, casual conversation kind of get to the bottom of it as opposed to do like a three-on-one situation. Yeah. I think if you want to get real aggressive, you don't tell them that Sean told you in your ear that he yeah. didn't vote for you. You keep that information to yourself. You pull whoever is on the outs the most out of those three and just say, the one of the other two did already tell me, but I want to hear it from your mouth who voted for me like figure mm-hmm. out a way to put them on the spot to have to answer the question right then and be uh scared that they are going to get caught like i think that's like the strong arm way the softer way is just not to say anything just bide your time look you guys did what you had to do whatever uh tomorrow is a new day and then figure out a way that those people's kids don't get into college 20 years down the road. <laughs> long game. Yeah. The long game. Yeah. I just, I, I thought it was so bold how, uh, like, the three women, uh, Julie and D and J. Maya, mm-hmm. that, that just like, especially for D, who voted, <laughs> like, I don't know who, I don't know who it was. So bold. Like, and the other two just keep it secret. Well, I don't know. I feel like that for that J. Maya, I feel like that she didn't know if it was D or Julie and she didn't really ask too many questions about it. Interesting. Yeah, because I thought in that moment, I was like, that's very bold of D. And I was like, I love it. I do love it. I think it's so great because Sifu knows one of them is lying. Like, there's no doubt one of them is definitely lying. And they all know someone's lying. And D knows it's her. And the others probably have an inkling that, you know, it's one of the two at least. But is it? I'm thinking at this moment, it's very dangerous because in Survivor, usually the first person to give up the information is the most trusted. So you're leaving this door open with D lying. Like D has to get to Sifu and blame it on somebody else immediately. Mm-hmm. Or one of the other girls has to go to Sifu and t- uh, tattletale. Like that's 
the only way you get trusted, you don't get trusted for doing damage control and telling the truth after somebody else has already told a lie. Like that doesn't work. Yeah. The interesting thing about this group from Reba is that, you know, you had that the alliance of four that went and they found the idol together. But then you had uh, Sifu and Jay Maya who were at the bottom. And you would think like, oh, the people at the bottom, uh, they must be working together. No, they actually don't like each other. So I think that also D is prepared to like, if Sifu is asking too many questions, she's just going to bury Jay Maya if she yeah. needs to. If he's uh, like really digging in, she's going to be like, yeah, it was Jay Maya. Can't believe it. Yeah. Well, Jemima starts to bury herself. Later yeah. In the episode. She's like, I've got a plan. We'll blame me. <laughs> so good, dude. I mean, there's a certain amount of respect I have for people who are like, I'm going to be the decoy. And I was like, why would you even put yourself in that position, put that in people's heads? But like, that's not an uncommon move. I don't think it's a good move, but it's maybe because I'm a coward. Yeah, she's really a team player for a team that does not really love her. Like, uh, yeah. she's really like, hey, I'm going to go above and beyond for this group. Mm -hmm. And even though they don't tell me anything and I'm not really in the alliance, but hey, anything to get rid of Sifu. Yeah, no matter what. Did you catch the Easter egg in the intro? And is that something <laughs> no. that you look for? No, I did. I did not. You know, I did. You catch there was a yeah, the Easter egg last week. There was a little there was a clue that there was going to be a tribe swap. So like I, I hadn't noticed from any of the commercials or anything coming yeah. into last week's episode. Yeah. So that or was the a preview big, yeah. that there was going to be a tribe swap. But yeah, the, the, the Easter egg got me thinking tribe swap last week. Yeah. And I think subconsciously, because I didn't hadn't seen next time on yet, subconsciously somewhere I was like merged probably next week and then it happened. So the Easter eggs are working. They just might be just like, what was it? I'm, I'm lying. Oh, <laughs> it was it was the amulets. I think there was like because oh, okay. I, I was. It's always the same shot that's like the Easter egg. It's like the one right at the end, and mm -hmm. there there was like some beads, and I was like, I don't know what these beads are. So mm -hmm. in this case, I guess they hadn't actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't in the commercials and stuff. Did you get more pumped up when you saw those things, Riley? Dude, Riley. Oh get, yeah, he texted I was like, me immediately. I'm excited for this <laughs> yeah. episode. He texted me immediately. <laughs> I don't know if I was going to watch this one, but now I'm excited. He's like, "Fuck yeah, dude! There's the beads in the." And I was like, "Dude, it's not what a, cool, cool, Riley. So pumped. He's so pumped though. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. and I like it for him. Like he bright eyed, bushy tailed kid over here, just like picking out Easter eggs in the intro." Like, good for you, Riley. Really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm, I'm texting you and I'm like, Sifu doesn't know that it was D that voted for him. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Let's go to Bello. People are tired over there on Bello. Mm -hmm. That's the tribe I'd want to be on, is the tribe where everybody just gets to lounge around, talk about food. Yeah, well, they're so hungry. Yeah, hungry enough to eat a worm. Don't worm, aren't the worms riddled with parasites and stuff? Yeah. Did you, did you ever do anything like that? Did you ever eat anything like just disgusting randomly? Just because the camera was there? That's all I could think is like Kendra looking at the camera and be like, I guess I have to. The camera's here. Like mm -hmm. that was the only thing that I was thinking. I think we scooped some like teeny tiny fish and just were eating them raw. Mm -hmm. But that was like one time and then you're like, that's not worth it. And I mean, you get that question all the time. Like, Rob, we'll, we'll do some role playing. You're Rob's sister, you know, from Survivor. I'm okay. a super fan who recognizes you uh, from mm -hmm. Survivor. But I yep. tell my friend that's close to me that you were on Survivor because I don't want to approach you myself. So that friend runs up and I'm that friend now. Yeah. Hey, hey, so you were on Survivor? Yes. My friend yes. said you were. 
So did you yes. have to eat like gross stuff and stuff? Like what gross stuff did you eat? Yeah. Well, one time we had like a contest that was like they used to do that. And then I we had to eat gross stuff to keep moving on in uh-huh. the in the contest. And, and you so, ate bugs and stuff for like dinner? Not for dinner, um, but to like be in this contest. But it was like in, for individual immunity. So like if you really didn't want to, you kind of could stop. But like who who was the best at sur- the survive? Because I've seen other shows like that. So you yes. just are really good at camping. Pretty good at camping. Yeah, that's not really the big, the main part of it. <laughs> but then okay. there's no bathroom. But like off camera, there is. No, there's really not. You really have to go. But you don't eat a lot. So you don't have to like go number two that much. So like the bu- when you're eating all those bugs for lunch and dinner, there's not like... You, don't- you almost never eat enough bugs that you have to have a BM <laughs> after. <laughs> almost never. And there's so, there's so much protein that really, if anything... Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not a lot of fiber. Anybody who doesn't watch Survivor who is around someone who does watch Survivor who recognizes me, that's like the question that the non-Survivor watchers go to. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Yeah, they don't get any of it. Hopefully you guys aren't listening to this. You're watching the show and then understanding and then are on the other side. But mm-hmm. you can always send your complaints to XXX Sweet Angel Riley McAtee XXX at uh, dot com for any complaints. Right, Riley? <laughs> yeah, that's don't give out my email address on the <laughs> Yeah, don't dox him, Tyson. Come on. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley, our producer can ball that out if we need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you have eaten that worm? No, I don't think so. I don't, I, I wouldn't have. I mean, I feel like that. Uh, could you use the worm as like like the thing about a worm is like isn't it like you use it to find bigger things that eat the worms? Like, uh, could you put it in a pot and catch a crab with it, or God forbid, <laughs> go fishing? Well, they when the crab ended up in the pot, they didn't eat the crab. They were upset that the crab ate the worms, and then I think they just let the crabs go. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's hard to connect the dots sometimes. And when you're that tired, maybe it's even harder. But it seems like her just attempting to eat the worm just boosted her full of energy. Is sometimes that enough just the placebo of envisioning yeah. yourself eating? Riley, what's that face? You're making like a little sour face over here about Kendra's energy. I feel like she just always has a lot of energy. She though. does. Too much. Because yeah. she's a Libra. <laughs> she, she, well, because she's a Libra. <laughs> she doesn't know what to do with her energy. She's trying to... She's trying to wait out. I'm a Libra too. That's uh-huh. why I could relate to this. But I feel like people are always trying to eat this worm alive. Like, uh, could you like throw it in a boiling water? Is it like spaghetti, maybe? <laughs> like a lobster? Like throw it in the pot and then it won't be alive when you're trying to eat it. Listen, if you're an, an analytical brain at all, you're out here trying to figure out how many calories a worm has, then how many you're going to burn based on what preparations you're taking. Mm-hmm. And you're really getting the most bang for your buck by I'd eating it raw it. on the spot. You're going to you go so? to the well, carry the water back, <laughs> use your muscles to dump the water in the pot, mm-hmm. then start a fire, put the worm in it. Well, maybe you get like a bunch of worms, like like spaghetti. There's no forks out there. How are you going to eat that? <laughs> you just twirl it around your finger. I okay. <laughs> okay. Fine. Okay. I looked. I looked up how many calories are uh-huh. in a worm. Yeah. Do you guys want to guess real quick? I'd say like uh, 40. Yeah. Uh, according to a forest ecologist and graduate student at the University of Minnesota, she estimated 0.7. Oh, that's less than it. one calorie in a worm. <laughs> yeah, less yeah. than one calorie. You're like losing calories just by trying to eat it, by spitting that's it out. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. 
So yeah, not worth it. The kids who want to go out and survive. Yeah. Well, if anybody's on a, a weight loss journey and looking for snacks, you know, you could probably think about how many worms you could a eat. A thousand a day and still be under the calorie count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a lot of worms, you know, that's really, really true. On the Yellow Tribe Lulu, Jake passes out again. Have you ever seen anybody pass out like this where it's like, it's kind of a seizure and shaky and he regains himself. And I was like, I've never passed out. I, I don't know what it feels like. I don't know any of that. But kudos to him for ke- continuing to catch himself. Like he's blacking out, he's passing out, but he still like catches himself on the fall. Like, what is that? I don't know. I, I have really haven't seen it too much, you know, from I, the first time it happened, it looked like that there was uh, like maybe that he had breathed in some smoke yeah. or there was something, but this was just a matter of like him getting up. But it's not so much the falling that he has like a convulsion like after it happens. And it does seem like very scary. I know he's very worried he's going to get taken out of the game. And the fact that it happened twice, like I I am very worried about him moving forward. And the same way. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like a clean pass out or one was different than the other. They He convulsed both times. Kelly, the nurse, she's there. We trust in her abilities. uh, But does she, maybe the next reward, they can get him like an MRI machine or something like <laughs> Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we get this uh, flashback of his weight loss journey. Yeah. What were your feelings on Jake as we were moving uh, through that? Yeah, I mean, that was a really nice story. Jake seems like he's a very fun guy to have on the show. And, you know, I'm sure that that's like a very uh, relatable story that uh, he has of like, uh, you know, not being happy about how he feels and ultimately like made this big change and is ready to come out here on Survivor. And I think he probably feels like all of that was like culminating in going on this. Okay, now I can go and do Survivor. And then to be there and then to have it potentially like, okay, might be taken away from him because uh, his body gives out on him. Like, I think, you know, it was a a really nice story, but I think he's also very concerned. Yeah, I would be very concerned. And you can tell he is. And you get this, uh, this flashback. And I was like, this is very nice. But then you get like this physical montage of him on the show. And I'm like, game over for Jakey boy. Like, this is too much of a send-off in this moment. Is this like a misdirect on purpose? You thought he was out on this episode. I thought it was like, if he wasn't out on this episode, it's his wind down to exit. You know, Tyson, back in my day, people Mm -hmm. used to start Survivor and then at the end of the season, they'd talk about how much weight they lost. This is backwards. This is, hey, look at me at the start of the season. I'll tell you about the weight I lost. Benjamin Buttoning of Survivor? I don't know. Uh, I remember Richard Hatch is like, oh my God, look at me. I've, I've lost all, I've lost like 40 pounds. Wow. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, but... Now people lose a lot of weight to go on Survivor. Used to go on Survivor to lose a lot of weight. Yeah. Now it's the opposite. I yeah. used to... Uh, I mean, that's the sign of the times. But that it a- wasn't in HD then. Maybe people are like, hey, I got to look good. going to go, go on Survivor. Is that a generational thing? Maybe. Well, I think... For me, because people have always been like, oh, do you gain weight? And I was like, not really, but I like to look good on TV from the get-go and then have people concerned for my well-being near the end Mm -hmm. Uh, versus like going in, uh, having a bunch of free days and then coming out looking great. Mm -hmm. I don't look great coming out, even if it's a week or two. that's, That's it for me. 
my strategy was to put on some weight to go on survival. How much did you gain? I gained like 30 pounds. So no, no. <laughs> what? No, I, I, I'm sorry. I gained I gained 15 pounds and I lost 30. So So you were like the Carson of No, but Carson gained muscle and I just ate ice cream and chicken nuggets before I went. And if you had to go back if you got to go back again, mm-hmm. would you do that again? Well, luckily, like I probably wouldn't need to add as much weight uh, mm-hmm. to go back, but I, I probably wouldn't go as uh, crazy as I did. I think that my concern before I went to go play was that I was going to die. And so I feel like I'd be less concerned now that that was going to happen. I feel like I'd be, I, I'd be okay, but I think I was much more scared never having se- really been through it. And so I was very worried. I said, the one thing they can't take away from me is body fat. So if I go in with like a lot of calories on my person. Yeah. That, that I, I have that to fall back on. They can take your life, but not your body fat. They can't take my fat. That's right. So you didn't get that s- false, maybe sense of uh, security from the cameras being there. Like for me, that was enough. I was like, poisonous snakes. I don't care. There's cameras around, dude. You get, we're fine. I was more scared before I went. Uh, when I was actually there, I wasn't that scared. But I remember having like a couple of like sleepless nights uh, beforehand, like a week or two before, like at four o'clock in the morning, like, what the hell am I doing? I'm making a horrible mistake. Like, why am I doing this? Like, I can't go. Uh, but then I, I, did, I felt better. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a, that was how my dad felt as I was about to leave. Even after all the adventurous things that you had done, yeah, not about that I was going to die, just about that the world was going to see his son. <laughs> yeah. And look at you now. <laughs> look at me now. He's proud now. Yeah. Uh, but it took a few episodes of but Survivor. But he was worried. Yeah. Uh, the first season of Survivor definitely still, those all came true. All of his worries and his uh, expectations and all were true. And mm-hmm. I manifest them probably uh, multiple times over his worst fears. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you were like naked on the first day, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But you got to rip the bandaid off, Dad. You, you know, do. once that happens in the first episode, now I have the opposite issue where my kids want to watch my survivor uh-huh. and my wife doesn't want them to. Why not? She says I'm inappropriate because of, I mean, different I mean, times. It's, yeah, it's different time, different okay. time. Okay. Yeah, they, you know, they didn't make Survivor for nine-year-olds then. No, that's true. Now they that say like, "Hey, kids, like, get your family watch it," but they didn't say it then. I mean, you've got kids out there, like, yeah, behind the scenes on production. Like, I remember Winners at War. What? Wait, there's like child labor on the show? No, it's not labor. It's kids out it's there. It's love, Riley. With, like, it's love. It's like there's Make-A-Wish <laughs> kids out there. There's like fans, okay. super fans of the show. There's you know, connections with the productions, kids that are out there like watching the challenges. So it's like, yeah, it's all the way. What do you think of the Caleb and uh, Keturah meetup? Keturah gets caught looking for an idol. Yeah. And then uh, Caleb is a guy that like, you're like, okay, he's salesy and he's overplaying all this personal relationship stuff. But then he keeps surprising me with like, he did it to Emily, pulled her in, ended up utilizing her uh, when people were starting to turn on him. And now he's uh, got Keturah in there too. Yeah, Caleb has been my favorite to watch this season. He's just been so good and everything. It seems like it's so effortless for him to be able to win all these different people over. That Keturah and Bruce relationship has been so fun. I, I love so the good. the back and forth. And 
Uh, like that Caleb, he just seems to like to know exactly like what buttons to press with everybody. And I really was worried for him in the preseason that, okay, well, everybody's going to see that. And then that kind of did happen. But ultimately, nobody's really comparing their notes on him that it's really just gone. So other than like losing every single challenge to start, other than that, things have gone things really gone great swimmingly. for him. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's turning up Caleb except for winning. Yeah, I mean, and well, now he's on the right track. I mean, he now is. now he has been winning, and I think that he's going to be the one to ultimately decide what happens with Katura and Bruce. Yeah, I love that. I love that uh, that tribe. I just uh, Katura and Bruce, like season 46, 47. Katura versus Bruce season? No, I think Katura and Bruce, <laughs> where they're like bound to each other, they're mm-hmm. tied at the ankle and the arm. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Okay, good. Then we're in. Then it's mm-hmm. agreed. Uh, it just takes two of us to decide on the theme for next season. You're into Riley, right? Riley, you into that? So this is like you you cast. It's like the opposite of blood versus water. You cast somebody with someone they can't survivor stand. rivals, and then if they if they go home, you also go home. So it's like you have to protect. Well, you're literally tied you to the person. Yeah, Riley. you're tied. So you know oh, how too. do you oh, okay. you know one person I mean, voted out? You have to leave together. Yeah. Survivor rivals, love knows no bounds. Get it bounded together. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, and then yeah. they're all they're all tied together. Uh, and I think this is perfect. Uh, Sophie and Coach is that who should be bound together uh, as well? I think a Coach has many different rivals. So you think he's <laughs> tied to like four different people? Coach is bound to like yeah, <laughs> yeah. He would be like a starfish. <laughs> Okay. Just like a rat king of Survivor contestants. <laughs> All the different rivals. <laughs> the rat king tribe. Okay. Uh, I think that, yeah, this definitely has some legs. Uh, lots of legs. Uh, <laughs> um, we go to Reba. I know, and this is a little bit of like behind the scenes and a little bit from last week. So last okay. week, Sean gets voted out. He asked yep. to be voted out. Jeff says it's manufactured quit. Then in Jeff's uh, exit press, he goes a lot harder at Sean. Sure. Calling it a quit. Then they put in this little uh, excerpt from the Reba girls, all pretty much shitting on Sean for quit. <laughs> yeah, they were really <laughs> mad. Could all you think about was Jeff's exit press last week on Sean and to be like, okay, production, this is production's final Yeah, like, look, I, I, I get it though. I, I get it why, you know, there's a lot of people that want to be on the show and, you know, I, I and I think that they probably ask everybody like, hey, you're, you would never quit, right? And they're all like, no, no, I would never, I would never. And then so yeah. when somebody goes ahead and quits, especially when like there was a big blind side that was going to happen, like, you know, I, I totally understand why why they're pissed. I did think it was hilarious when D was like, yeah, like that was really self. And then he had to tell Sifu that he didn't vote for him. Where yes. this guy ruins the game and then just leaves. <laughs> that was kind of, that would have been how I felt too. But also like, I wish I had the wherewithal to blow up the game on my exit too. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, you're just like, yeah, fuck yeah. all of it. But like in the moment, you're just like, I wish I had the wherewithal to be like, Bomb. See ya. Mm-hmm. Sifu. Sifu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was hilarious that D would, like did not get the memo that the other two got of like, oh, oh actually, so we're not doing this tonight. I think she did, but she was still trying to convince everybody to go Sifu anyways. 
And part of me wishes they had. I regret not voting Aaron out when Jerry asked to go home on token chains and we just voted mm-hmm. Jerry out. And it's like, make him quit. Like, then now you got two guys gone. Like, that's cool. Sifu telling everyone he has an idol. Yeah. Smart. I don't understand why the women on Reba are, are buying this. Like, <laughs> like, I get it by J. Maya. I, I get it why J. Maya thinks that. Yeah. But, but D and Julie were literally there when Austin and Drew found the Reba idol. They yeah. think there were two idols hidden on Reba the in the era. pre-merge. New era. But even in the new in the new era, we've never seen two idols hidden on the same beach in the pre-merge. And it's not like that the idol got played or I don't know. Maybe they're thinking like, oh, well, Drew or Austin went to another tribe with the idol. So now this beach has to have an idol. You know, I, I, it was, it's odd that they are so convinced that he has an idol. Like I thought that they were just going along with it because Jay Maya thought he had the idol, but they all think he has an idol. And this is before he makes the fake idol. Yeah. It's uh, like, to me, I can't, I can't understand it. Is it, did they convince themselves based on hearing it so many times that Sifu has the idol? Are they just like playing like extra cautious where they're like, you just have to you just have to play like everyone has an idol these days. Or like, what is, like, I yeah. also have not been able to understand what it is. But I thought if there's one way to convince people that you don't have an idol, it's to tell them that you have an idol. And not just right. to and tell one person. Right, showing people, yeah. like, oh, here's my idol, everybody. I know you're thinking about voting me out tonight, but I do have this idol, so. Yeah. Nice you know, try. Maybe... <laughs> don't look at the tribe flag. Everybody's taking inventory of all the things that you can build a fake idol with. Like that's not yeah. like the second a bead goes missing from a tribe flag, I'm noticing that stuff and I'm finding who did it. Like that's yeah. Survivor 101. Yeah. Did you ever make a fake idol? Mm, no, but I did watch Wendell make one. I watched our tribe flag on Winners at War and stuff kept disappearing off of it. And I was like, somebody's making a fake idol. And it was Wendell. Uh, but it was like, there was like little like plastic looking they were like bird skulls and those went gone and like feathers and beads and it was just like slowly everything was disappearing that was all decorated and i was like this is i mean too obvious Mm -hmm. it's like the second i see that bird skull pop up at tribal council i know that thing's fake (laughs) yeah i i mean fake idols are great and I think there's a time and a place for them, but they can also go very bad very quickly. Yeah, uh, the fake idol, it's, you know, I, I think that the the best way to use the fake idol is to just like act like you the same way that you would if you had the real idol. And I think that people are always trying to like flash the the fake idol, but I think you just like don't want anybody to ever like get a like a good look at it or anything like that just like act like you're hiding it act like you don't want people to see it and then they they treat it like it's a real idol but you never want to have to actually have it out yeah yeah that's the thing you want to hide it and maybe hint at it or let people catch glimpses of it somehow but like telling and showing it's like especially when it's all three of them like all they mm-hmm. have to do is come together and be like you guys, he's flashed the idol, right? That's fake. Now we're good. Yeah. And especially when when T and Julie know that Austin had the real idol. Like, I don't understand <laughs> why they're just like, uh, he's showing us uh, this idol a lot. And I also yeah. know that uh, Austin did find the real idol. So, yeah. 
So those two things. But you know, I wonder if maybe they're thrown off from like, uh, could they think that maybe the idol that Austin found was a fake, that maybe Austin found the fake idol going back from last season with the birdcage and everything? I don't, I don't think I don't so. I don't feel like Sipu can pull that off. I mean, they've they found an idol inside of a rock with a hammer that they found. So yeah, that would yeah. be... <laughs> and they only saw a few episodes of that before they started filming anyways. Mm-hmm. So maybe they didn't even get the full scope of the birdcage. Yeah. Where do we want to go from here? I think we want to go back to Bello here. And this is the uh, Brando and Drew just high-fiving over Pokemon. It's mostly Brando, like, forcing the Pokemon chit-chat. Yeah. Would you be able to keep up with that? No. No. I remember, Tyson, remember whenever I was playing Pokemon Go? <laughs> yeah. And people would go find, like, dead bodies and stuff yeah. from playing yeah. Pokemon Go. But no. No, still not. I mean, there's more to Pokemon than just Pokemon Go. Like Pokemon Go is like the mainstream version of whatever these nerds have going on in the backgrounds of their lives. It's very popular. It is very popular. And I think uh, Brando thought that was going to work. The sales pitch is nerds never get far in the game. Let's all stick together. Nerd Alliance. I don't think so. I think it's the opposite. I think nerds always go far. Uh, Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if they always go far. If I'm on the beach, I'm like, nerds always go far. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, if you're on the beach, that that serves your interests there. Okay, maybe a little. Okay, Mm -hmm. but I've heard of like, it's not the same as like challenge threats where everyone's like, oh, let's get them out. No one's like, oh, this guy just knows too much about Pokemon. Yeah. We cannot afford to have him. You know how much Dungeon and Dragons this guy is like played (laughs) in his basement? He knows. (laughs) how to play games. <laughs> Gotta get them out. Maybe that's yeah. the modern, maybe that's the modern survivor. You know, the new era is no longer is that the challenge threats are the targets. It's the nerds are the threats. Yeah. And they're getting picked off unfairly. Yeah. And they're getting picked off unfairly without any reason other than the fact that they're classified as a nerd. I mean, mm-hmm. last season, was it last season or the season before where we saw the nerds got to stick together line and now we get this other nerd thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, revenge of nerds, so to speak, on this new era of Survivor. So I do like that. Uh, I don't know if it's good for his game, but I liked how upfront Drew was about <laughs> working yeah, with Yeah, I thought Brando. it was pretty bold that he's like, yeah, you know what? I, I actually would not do that. Uh, that is not something that I would be interested in at all. Like, right? Isn't, isn't the thing you you say yes to you any say yes like, to oh, any. Yeah, okay. I like that. That's yeah. a good idea. Nerds. No, you're, I'm frankly, in- mm, I'm out. Yeah, why would I why would I want to do that? <laughs> I got something pretty good going on over here without you, so I'm going to stick to that and you can do your thing if you yeah. want. That's a hard no for me on the Nerd Alliance. <laughs> this is honestly though the moment where I was like we got to keep Drew in this game. I didn't realize he was going to yeah. be so blunt with It reminds me of when Don went to Penner and was like, should we do a final three? And Penner was like, I don't want to commit just right yet. Like, let's see how things play out. And then we can commit later down the road. But I'm not committing to that right now. And then Penner immediately goes home. And you're just like, just mm-hmm. a perfect, perfect example of what not to do in the game of Survivor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just didn't want to move too fast. Didn't want to commit. <laughs> and Drew, I guess, taking a page from that book. I love it. I, I mean, it's just yeah. like, that was so good. I, I wish you would have said, Wait, I, I'm not a nerd. Yeah. That's all well and good for you nerds. But what about <laughs> me, Drew? 
I would never join a nerd alliance because I'm not yeah. a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> My friends at you home. You are. <laughs> and then like a push. <laughs> yeah, that could, yeah. That could have gone. Uh, that, I guess it should have gone differently. So we'll rewrite that episode. Mm-hmm. With the whole uh, that maybe that's the secret scene that's going to come out. Oh, dude, fingers crossed. I'm not a nerd. I'm not even a nerd. Brando, if Drew won't work with me, then I have to target him. Which is like that's what you're thinking as Drew's rejecting him, like a hard pass on the alliance. Yeah. But then you're like, is it really going to happen? And we get this Brando versus Drew, and you got the two sides. You got uh, Brando and Kendra, and Drew and Austin. How come those four can't come together and be like, we all four want to be here. Let's just vote out the swing vote, Emily. Is that too impossible to do? It's definitely not impossible. And uh, that's one of my favorite moves on Survivor. But I would say that it's they just they don't want to do that. I, I think that they're looking at it. This is a uh, red versus blue. I mean, four people from Lulu have gone home. And so I think that they're really looking ahead to, okay, this first vote is going to be you know, it, it's ultimately, it can't be six versus six because of the way that the merge is set up now. But yeah. they're looking at it. It's like, okay, well, who's going to have more numbers when we get to the merge, red or blue? Why would we not take a shot at blue here if we can? Yeah, it's tricky. I, it is one of my favorite moves too. I love when you get the confessionals of the swing vote person talking about how powerful they are and how yeah. they're in the driver's seat and how they're playing both sides and how they're able to dictate which direction the game come goes and it's ultimately up to them. And then just to have it all pulled out from underneath. It's pretty them, good. It's like beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful TV. I don't want to lose Emily. Like that's not the point. The point is that when the swing vote gets got, when they're thinking they're the swing vote, it's... Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the problem with even talking about that is like if either side, like it's like uh, goes back, it's like this prisoner's dilemma. If either side even brings up that idea, they go right to Emily and say, hey, did you hear what Brando said? Yeah. yeah. Did you hear that's, what Drew said? He said, vote out you. <laughs> that's the Can trick. you believe it? That's what's so hard. But Emily promised both of them. She promised both sides that she was going to go with them. So this is the part where it gets tricky for Emily. Yeah. Like if you're promising both sides and those sides come together and say Emily's with us and they say no Emily's with us and then you're like that's where you then as a foursome are like well maybe there's another option. Can you guys think of another option we could do instead of just turning on each other and then mm-hmm. you play the old cat and mouse of you name a name, no you name a name, no you name a name. Do you miss the olden days where it was just like name all the names? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's such a good question. I didn't even think about that. Um, I do miss big tribes. I, I like, uh, you know, these these last couple of tribal councils have been very interesting with uh, the with the smaller tribes. But like, I, I do like if I had my preference, I would prefer two bigger tribes to start off the game. But I do feel like that three tribes with the ninety minute episodes, the ninety minute episodes, I feel like really helps us know what's going on with these three tribes. I think it's felt like very abbreviated with everything going on and three tribes in the 60 minute episodes. I think that 90 minutes really does help a three tribe season. Yeah, I like it too. I think it it does help a lot. Multiple reasons. I mean, as the challenge came up, I was like, which tribe do I even want to get rid of somebody? Because there's so many, there's these relationships that I need intact. I need Katura and Bruce to last as long as possible yeah. together. I just need that. And we go to Lulu and we get a Katura talking about uh, Bruce just can't help the Bruceisms from coming out. Yeah. 
Uh, did you get any push presents for uh, <laughs> Nicole? You know, I don't remember. Um, uh-huh. That means I no. I think that maybe, I, I think that, you know, just to like, you know, maybe show my own butt here. Um, uh-huh. You know, I, I, I don't think I, I, maybe when I first heard of a push present, I might have had the same reaction as as Bruce. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this is, in fairness to Bruce, I think this is kind of a newer thing. Bruce's kids are older, and I don't mm-hmm. think push presents was invented when Bruce had his kids. Yeah. I think I didn't even know it was a thing, but I think I got some jewelry for Rachel that mm-hmm. had like a moonstone, which is Bergen's birthstone. Yeah. So I did something, but it wasn't like an official push present thing until Rachel was like, oh, a push present. And I was like, I mm-hmm. guess we're just making up reasons to give presents, but also like we're the age, we're probably around Bruce's age. He's a yeah. little older than us, maybe, yeah. but not too but, far yeah, off. Yeah, his kids are older. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Riley? Have you heard of Push Presents before? No, I've not. Uh, oh. I've, I've not had the opportunity to, but... Uh, now you know. know. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've got I've got the heads up. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It feels like there's, there's a lot of different like present-giving things now that uh-huh. feel like a little made up. It's like, you know, you got like, I've seen people celebrating like Siblings Day and stuff recently. Things really? like that. Like you just, there's so many. They're all Hallmark holiday. You think? Oh, uh, this think, is big Hallmark on the push different. present? But, well, it's wow. like a little bit of just like, hey, another reason to like buy things for people. I'll buy a present. I'm not buying a push card. That's it. Yeah, Hallmark. <laughs> I'm not buying Hallmark card. cards for all mm-hmm. this stuff. I think I might have bought Nicole an iPad that's for a, a push good, present. That's a great push present. Yeah. yeah. Kudos, Rod. But I said, I'm not giving it to you until I see the baby. You have to, you need proof. I, I was like, I, I was like baby. dangling it in front of her face in the delivery you room. Get this. I was like, you want this? Yeah. You want this? You want yeah. this iPad? It was very effective, Riley. Very, very quick birth. Yeah, I'm sure she loved that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it an iPad Pro? I think it was a mini. It a was mini. a mini. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so him not knowing what a push present, sure. But then him saying, to Katura after she says I sh- we should save these papayas for tomorrow before the challenge. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, now he is a two-time player, Tyson. He knows. Well, and he's yeah. he's famous. This is his second season. And he knows people that have played the game. He's he's I don't know if you know this, but he met Kane. Kane's Canadian. Yeah, he did does. Famous, very famous Kane. Yep. Yeah. From yep. Canada. CBS's Survivor Superstar Kane. Yeah. <laughs> Survivor Legend Superstar Castaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But Tyson, you know the right answer. What is, do you eat the fruit today or do you save it for, for the challenge? You eat the fruit today because you never know what tomorrow will bring. Yeah, because Bruce, Bruce is right. Bruce but is he right. Handled, he, said, he was right, but he handled it wrong. Correct. Because you could find another papaya tomorrow. You could, you don't know. Yeah. If not, at least, you know, then, yeah. And the papaya could start turning. You could have whatever mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah, I had a... That that in one of the things that did hurt me in Survivor All Stars that there was a similar argument over food where and I was right I and I and I know that you will think that I was right that we got like we we got like a treasure chest of like there was like clues and we opened up a treasure chest and we got rice on like day eleven yeah and it was like hey we got rice let's eat it and uh. Uh, specifically, uh, Amber and Alicia from that they played in Survivor, and, and and I forget, I forget if uh, what side Rob was on, but they were like, "No, we we have to conserve the rice." I'm like, "Why? We're just gonna? There could be a swap. 
There could be there could be a, a merge. Other people will be eating this rice. At least we can control right now. We have it. Let's eat it. Agree. 100% agree. And, and, but I hand, uh, but in, but so I was right in my argument. Yes. Um, but I handled it. Like, I, I don't think I was, uh, like, I, I don't know if I was quite, I didn't tell them that was the dumbest idea I ever had heard, heard. but <laughs> I, I didn't handle it great. And it was one of, made them uh, dislike me more. So I, I that you, these little things like about the food, like that's like kind of like the beautiful thing about Survivor is that you're in these terrible conditions and you get on each other's nerves and then you have like big arguments about dumb stuff. Yeah. And it's about, but it is it, like, it's important stuff. Like to a certain degree, it's like winners at war. People are like, let's conserve the rice. So I was like, if we eat it all, they're not going to let us die. Mm -hmm. Like they'll figure out a way to keep us alive. So I know at the finish line, we're at least going to be alive. And we may as well eat it for the same purpose. We're going to go to the merge. Then somebody else is going to eat it. Then what's the point of that? And right. I am like, let's eat for tomorrow. Yes. You know, we don't know. Let's let tomorrow take care of itself. We're going to eat tonight. We're going to eat mm -hmm. today. And uh, so I don't think Bruce is wrong. But yeah, definitely combative. This episode is brought to you by the Disney Bundle. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new exciting movies and series, all for one low price. On Disney Plus, join the ranks of Captain Marvel, Captain Monica Rambeau, and Ms. Marvel as they team up to save the universe in Marvel Studios' The Marvels and embark on an adventure into the futuristic world of Iwaju. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. And school is back in session for the beloved teachers of Abbott Elementary. The Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. They're better together. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Caleb talks about looking for firewood and Bruce's line you want to talk about it or you want to do it? <laughs> did you catch that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I look, I, I've, um, you, uh, like, I, I could never see myself like giving people orders on a survivor. I think I would just be doing everything. And, and I, and I was, when I, when I first played, like, I was in the position of like, okay, I'm going to do, there was somebody who was bossy on my tribe. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do whatever you, whatever this person says. But then in confessional, you know, uh, Caleb handled it exactly the way that you should be handling it of like, Hey, I don't want Bruce to know I'm coming for him. And so I'm going to bide my time. But no, I didn't like the way that, that that went down. Yeah. Bruce is getting a little bossy. Everybody's seeing it now. Unky Bruce has kind of disappeared and we are getting full on dad Bruce. <laughs> His dad is showing. That's what uh, people tell me, I think, on uh, the Challenge United States of America, Cache Proudfoot would, whenever I do something that like it was a dad thing, she'd always be like, yo, Tyson, mm -hmm. your dad is showing. And I was like, I mean, I am a dad. So, yeah, is that like, a I'm, bad thing? To me, it's not a bad thing. But when you're trying to blend in with people younger than you, and especially in these situations like Survivor, where it's a democracy, yeah. And you're not understanding it's democracy, that's a problem. Do you have any advice for dads like us on how to fit in with younger people? You just got to let go. You mm -hmm. just can't be in charge. You don't want to give too many suggestions. I just kind of let things 
play out. Like I am like, just let things play out with these people. Uh, I'm not getting in the food argument. I'm going to do whatever, whatever anybody says, uh, because I'm going to figure out a way to sneak that thing and eat it. You're just going to eat it later. Yeah, yeah. by myself. <laughs> if I can figure out a way to get that food for myself by myself, that's yeah. optimal, anyways. So Bruce should have said, "Yeah, you know what? You're right. Let's, Let's eat save the papaya tomorrow, yeah. and then just wake up in the middle of the night and eat it." Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. One hundred percent. And nobody it. will think it was him because he's like, ah, the, I'm, "I'm the dad. I would not do something yeah. irresponsible yeah. like that." I wanted to eat it. You said no. I respected, and we plan to eat it tomorrow as a family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I. That's exactly what Bruce should have done. Uh, Caleb's. Uh, we talked about that right there, biding his time. But I like just saying, if you don't bend your knees to your enemies, they'll see you coming from a mile away. And it's just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. placate the enemies, let them think that you're with them. Don't give them anything. And I love this, and I love how he's just like, I just gotta, you know, uh, do it, <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> you want to talk about it, or you want to do it? Mm-hmm. So good. Did you like uh, Bruce's uh, confessional about jumping off a cliff? What did he say? He was like, you want to jump off a cliff? I go, I don't know. I guess, no, no. Well, maybe it didn't we make any sense. It didn't. <laughs> but that, I think, was the Bruceism. Yeah. yeah. Another Bruceism. Uh, he was talking about how not eating the papaya was, in a sense, uh, jumping off a cliff, which was detrimental. But because they wanted to do it, they all just did it. Was it a peer pressure thing? The not eating the papaya or the cliff thing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I think it wasn't supposed to make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Bruce meant it to made, make sense, but I think it was in the show to not make sense because it didn't make sense fully the way it was. Maybe Bruce will do a book after the season is over with all the Bruceisms. You should steer into it like Boston Rob did. You think so? Okay. I like the Bruceisms. It. Yeah, the Bruceisms. He's got to get, I already actually have the URL, so he can mm-hmm. buy it from me and I have the mm-hmm. Twitter handle. Bruceisms, the worst push present ever. (laughs) (laughs) Unless your wife is a big Survivor fan or girlfriend. And then it's the elf on the shelf of uh, push presents. So you have like this whatever character that like the two months leading up to the birth, you have to hide Mm -hmm. every day. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And is it Bruce? It's Bruce. (laughs) Yeah. Doing a different robot pose every day. Bruce on a goose? Yeah. Bruce on a goose. Um, you wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, did I move Bruce on the goose yeah. for tomorrow? Dude, oh my god! You don't know how many times I scrambled at like four in the morning, just like launch it across the room as I see the kids' lights come on, and just be like, "It just that's where don't it touch was. it." Yeah, don't yeah. touch it. So, mm-hmm. so now your dad is showing. Now my dad is showing. <laughs> you get it, Riley. Now I've never done Elf on a Shelf. I know, but you get the dad. Your dad is showing. Oh, uh, yes. Comment now. Yeah, I picked mm-hmm. up on that. Um, Kelly and Caleb, are they the power uh, couple? Are they going to be a power couple? Are they going to steer this game and lead it now? Yeah, this is really interesting. I, I kind of liked that Kelly was like the one person that Caleb couldn't win over. It's like, okay, I got this person. I got this person. I got this person. But I can't get the queen bee. Yeah. But then now, now he got Kelly. Yeah. And now, like, I feel like that... I, I feel like this is like... I. I Caleb is the the front runner, right? I mean, it depends on if Kelly is truly planning on working with him or not. Yeah. From what we see, it seems like they're going to work together. But is that just her saying, okay, rather than poo-pooing on Nerd Alliance immediately? I think if she wasn't going to, I think we would have gotten a confessional of like, okay, well, Caleb told me one thing, but I don't know if I can trust him. You know, okay. 
I think that uh, everybody is just uh, completely won over by Caleb. He's the JT of the new era. He's the JT of the new era. And I think that for Caleb and for Emily, like I think that they're in a really good position coming into when the merge is happening because mm -hmm. like we had last season where it was like, okay, the two big tribes are going to go to battle. We know like red and blue are going to fight and nobody's going to be coming into the merge. Like, hey, we got to get out Caleb. We got to get out Emily. So it's going to be a while before they're even looking at him, I think. Yeah, that could be. I, I feel like they will start to look at him because, like, I think it's so obvious that he's so close he so with many, people. Yeah, that it, it'll be like final nine, and they'll be like, "If we let Caleb get too far, like he's just going to win this whole thing. No one wants mm -hmm. to sit next to Caleb at the end. He's the one person you can't sit next to. He'll be like that that player." Well, I also think you could you could look at him, and it depends on how much people are seeing, and just be like, "He has relationships with everybody. Let's get him. Like, we have to. Like, I have a relationship with him, but I can see that he has relationships with other people. Like, I don't like that." So yeah. I, it, it's a it's a fine balance there. And it's like, how does Caleb manage that? Is he exposing himself figuratively by palling up with everybody so tightly? Or is he able to balance it and not show that to people? Because if he can keep that under wraps and hide it well, it's fine. But the second that uh, I see my best friend Caleb talking yeah. to somebody else, that's a problem. He needs an enemy, I think. He needs like to get into a fight with somebody because everybody loves Caleb so much. Like he's like too perfect. And, I, and I've said about this about him since the preseason of like, okay, he's like, he's charismatic and he's athletic and, he, and, and he's tall and he's funny and he's smart. And he's just like, everything he does is so good that I feel like that, especially in this era of Survivor, People are on the lookout for that. Like he needs, he needs something to like bring him down a notch. And it was one thing, okay, he was on the tribe that's losing. Okay, we're not so worried about him. But eventually people are going to wake up and see that he is such a big threat. Like he needs to like uh, have some, get some dirt on him. So you think Adam coached Caleb to be too perfect and <laughs> forgot to coach that's... Caleb to uh, not be exceptional at everything. <laughs> yeah, but he does, he does need like, uh, some of like, uh, you know, where everybody like was like in, even in the season that Adam won, he got yeah. like, everybody was annoyed with him at like the start of the merge. So like, he needs to like, uh, where people are, okay. Oh, he's not that big of a threat. Everybody's mad at him. Yeah. Or at least like take a page out of your book and he's got to get injured. Who's he going to pick a fight with? Like you're, you're Adam, you're the coach. I'm Caleb. I'm like, yo, Adam, tell me what to do on Survivor to win right now mm -hmm. here in this moment. Yeah. I mean, find find somebody to like uh, get into it with. Like maybe like Bruce. I think Bruce is the, I think Bruce is probably the obvious. Like mm -hmm. Bruce is the one that everybody is getting. Anybody who's rubbing other people the wrong way, find a moment to, because it almost uh, wins those people over even more when you're like, do you see Caleb stood up to Bruce? And, you know, but then, yeah. I agree. I think a Bruce fight could help Caleb. Mm -hmm. What's his What's his like star sign? He might be a natural enemy for Kendra if it's like whatever <laughs> oh. whatever Libra doesn't get <laughs> and along then just with. Just go based on that. Yeah, just be like historically Libras don't get along with Sagittariuses or whatever. Mm, yeah, exactly. I think we get along with everybody. That's the problem. Yeah. Are you a Sagittarius? No, Libra. You're a Libra. You get along with everybody. Okay. Uh, Rob had a birthday. Uh, he's forty five. Yeah. The Last same week. age as Survivor, Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday. Well, this is what Tyson always says, but I feel like Survivor is still, it's, you know, it's 23. It's no, not, it, it, it doesn't get two birthdays. So I don't think what? that's how it works. What? Listen, 
Riley, the Roman calendar was just something that people made up based on the stars. Mm-hmm. So why not? Uh, it's like dog years. Survivor this is my years. 45th it's season. Like dog years. Yeah. It's like dog years. Survivor is uh, Survivor years is two years for every human year. All right. Yeah. All right. Get All on right. the program, Riley. Or we're not going to have <laughs> Ashley bleep out your email that I shared with everybody at the beginning. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I can have that. We got to replace it with something. <laughs> Another survivor doxing people's information. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. That's uh, yeah. that's not really right. It's a low blow. Yeah. It really is. It's too, crossing the line. Reba, J. Maya, is yeah. like, I'm going to just admit to writing Sifu's name. She's the decoy. Do you like uh, Julian D's? Uh, at what point, if you're kind of with J. Maya, are you like, let's just vote J. Maya? <laughs> I thought it was so hilarious that they're like, because I thought the whole thing was like, we can't take it with Sifu. We've had enough of Sifu. But then they're also like, ah, we should just vote out J. Maya. If she's going to say it, like, uh, and I felt bad for J. Maya. I really thought like halfway through, like, okay, they're going to lose the challenge. And J. Maya is going to go along with this plan and then they're just going to vote her out and it's going to be horrible. So I was very happy for J. Maya that this ultimately didn't come to pass. But I just, for for Julie and for D, and, and I love the, the drama and the mess, I just don't understand. Do you want, do you want Sifu out so badly that you're so worried about it that you're going to, you know, blindside him that you think he has an idol or... Or, or do you not care about getting Sifu out? Like, I really just don't understand the motivation where they're like, ah, we could just vote out J. Maya. She's not really with us. So part of me, and uh, as I stood back a little bit, this is what I thought. I thought for D, it's probably optimal to send J. Maya home because J. Maya knows that she didn't really the vote for boat. Sifu. Right. right. So get rid of J. Maya, who's probably the most dangerous person to weaponize that information accordingly. That's fair. That's a good point. So it's like kind of almost like, yeah, when you have a lie uh, and you're sharing it with people, sharing it with the least amount of people is optimal. Mm-hmm. And so I think for D, this definitely makes sense. Let's get rid of J. Maya. For Julie, eh, whatever. But mm-hmm. for, for D, I think it, it does help her. We go to the immunity challenge and we see that Sean is voted out. Yeah. If, what are you thinking if you're on another tribe? Are you thinking, okay, they're targeting Lulu's? What are we like? Is this good for Caleb and Emily? Is it bad? Is it not matter? See, I think it was good for Caleb and Emily. I, I had been wondering if Jeff would say when they got together, like, Sean He's quit the game last night or Sean got voted out of the game last night. Because I feel like that there would have been like a difference in how like uh, that was treated. Because I kind of feel like that it's a signal. Like when they say voted out, uh, it's like, all right. Vote out Caleb, vote out Emily. That's what we're that's we're setting the tone of vote out the Lulu yeah. that's on your tribe. And so I think that it was I think ultimately is going to help them, but I think it could have been uh, a little bit more of a danger uh, for uh, Emily and for Caleb. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. I was like, it could be sending a signal like just get rid of the Lulu and then we'll go to war after that. Yeah, uh, but that never. But happens. ultimately, it helps their position because you know there's less of them. And you don't want to quit her on your side. Wait till they forget to the merge and they find out what happened. <laughs> um, we get this challenge and it comes with reward. Yeah. Fish. Yep. On ice. <laughs> it's pretty down to the wire, but in the end, Sifu wins it for Reba. Mm-hmm. Caleb wins it for Lulu and Bello goes to tribal council. If you could choose, like, because I before this started, before this challenge, I was like, okay. 
I don't want, is it Lou? Yeah, I don't want Lulu to go because I want Katora and Bruce as long as possible just to watch that play out. And I kind of like Bello going here. I kind of want to see Emily in the middle right now. I was excited to see this group go to tribal council because I felt like that the we we kind of saw knew how the J Maya thing was going to play out, and I yeah. I didn't want to see her go out in that way. So I was very excited. Uh, it's like okay, this is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I was very excited too. I was like, okay, does Emily now have enough to be able to balance this? Is she going to expose herself by playing hard too hard on both sides? And we get a journey. Yeah. Do you feel like your survivor experience isn't complete because you never got a journey? <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, very much so. I would have loved to go on uh, go on the journey. And I really, I feel like that in the past, I was, the last couple of seasons, I was like, oh, really? We're going to spend time on the journey because it's like, hey, we're, we're not seeing anything. But in the 90-minute episode, I, I didn't mind the journey here. And I actually thought this one was pretty interesting. It was interesting. It did kind of come out of left field, though. And part of me in the moment was like, oh, another thing to take notes on. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was going to be something to take notes on anyways. It's the same runtime. Whatever, Riley. You know, I thought it was interesting, the choices. So Reba gets to choose. They rock, paper, scissor for who goes. Mm -hmm. And it's J. Maya. Well, like, why don't Julie and D just dictate who goes? Yeah, it, it was. I don't know if that was like for show of that they did uh, some kind of like rock, paper, scissors, but oh. I, I don't know how they got there. But I thought that it was not ideal the way that they set this up to send two Reba people together and then. And then also admit it. And admit it. <laughs> yeah. To say, we're, we're going to send Austin <laughs> so he can give us some information. Yeah. Yeah. Were they throwing him under the bus on purpose? What was their plan there? I don't think that they were throwing him under the bus on purpose. I think that uh, Jay Maya was like inadvertently throwing herself under the bus. Man, it was really poor gameplay mm-hmm. between Drew saying he didn't want to work with Brando because the Nerd Alliance to uh, Jay Maya saying that they were choosing Austin. Who would you have chosen? So you're from you're on Reba there. Who are you choosing from Lulu and Bello? I think that the interesting people to pick uh, would be, you know, to take either one of like uh, Caleb or Emily to go. And then because I think that they would be the people that would have like the least skin in the game that would be like most likely just to spill everything that's going on. Like, uh, you know, you got there with Caleb, like Caleb, like what's happening back on that tribe? And he'll like, what does he care? I'll tell you everything that's going on. Yeah, I think Emily. I think Emily as the swing vote in that position Mm would have been the most detrimental or powerful, whichever side you're on, to send, I think. Send yeah. Emily. Yeah, but it's interesting, though, that I think that for Jay Maya in that spot, okay, if you are Reba Strong mm-hmm. and there's a there's another tribe that is in this, that's going to tribal council that night, take I almost feel like you want to take either Brando or Kendra. So it's like, all right, let at least Austin and Drew have a two-on-one with Emily all day, as opposed to taking one of the Reba people who could be persuading her uh, and send them on the journey. Can you risk that they get an advantage, though, on that, that journey? Like, they might That's get fair. the advantage that yeah. swings the tribal council. That's the one thing, yeah. That is the one thing. Is that, that And that's the balance, I guess, when you're choosing all of these and you're choosing the journey is, like, there is probably an advantage, but, like, yeah, that's tricky because they go back to their tribe and you won't be able to report on what their, what happened because you're not on their tribe. So that is the trick. Because you mm-hmm. want to send somebody... But they could also lose their vote, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe the yeah. real best play is to just get second 
then you don't have to pick. You're still immune. The best play is to never have to pick mm-hmm. anything for any ever. <laughs> yeah, for any yeah. reason. Like people who are w- winning individual reward challenges, it's like the most basic survivor play you can do as a survivor player is like go all out on a reward individual reward challenge where then Jeff makes you choose two people. All right, now tell everybody who you like the best. <laughs> <laughs> And, and now, do. now, who do you like the next best? And they do. And then you also get the confessionals where like, I shouldn't have chosen my two best friends, but it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. YOLO. Yolo. <laughs> to like eat a sandwich on a beach or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, have some lasagna. <laughs> exactly. To have some a day old lasagna on the beach. And uh, yeah, it's hard. I get it. It's very difficult in that situation, but like you can't, you just can't. And so the problem with the tribe here, Riley, is that they want the 10 fish. So like That's you true. as Sifu couldn't purposely try to take second knowing it was on purpose mm-hmm. because you'd get less reward, which then your tribe would be mad at. In a tribe scenario, tribe reward scenario, you have to work to get the best reward because your tribe is going to be too mad at you for not. But in an individual... You can't like take your foot off the gas and yeah. then accidentally... <laughs> lose the challenge yeah that would be really especially bad. on this slingshot like if it was a puzzle maybe you could like slow play it and it's like okay let me let the other t- tribe put it. but they don't even always do this so i don't think that you could ever really uh like uh try to make this work i think there's a situ- there's a time and place for it but now that we invented it we'll get credit for whoever does it first if somebody like, does oh, it. oh like right. that one time that uh rob riley and tyson said to do it mm-hmm. yeah trademark yeah I could see where if you were like a big like challenge person and it was like, okay, I don't want to be seen as like a threat in the merge. Okay, I'm not going to try to hit the the, the slingshots. Like, like, I know I can do this, but I'm not going to just like ace it on like three shots. I'm going to miss a few. Like, okay, maybe I, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I think if you could dial it in, like Sifu, if he dialed it in and he knew he had enough time to get two or three shots off, think you'd be okay like mm-hmm. do some practice shots at different targets that aren't the target just to get your bearings but uh, you're right a puzzle where you're just placing the last piece is yeah. super easy to do let's go on the journey before we get to the bellow scramble uh we get these three we get jamiah kelly and austin they go on this journey they hike to the top and they get this choice you like this yeah, I thought this was really fun. I I really liked uh, this because I I feel like that sometimes these like uh, things on the journey can be like a little like convoluted and uh, like I never really liked risk your vote versus like uh, keep your vote safe and then you know what the other people are going to do. And I thought this was really uh, fun the way that they did this. Of it's a sandwich or it's like this shared shared uh, advantage in the game and. I was with Austin on this. Uh, I think I would have said, take the sandwich and that what do you want to be involved in this shared advantage with three people where now you got to like, you got people, you're a bigger threat. You have more stuff. You're, you're now stuck working with people that you didn't necessarily want to work with people. And then you could just go back to the camp and say, yeah, we got to eat a sandwich. Yeah. I liked it. I liked the choice. And I thought also Austin was like spot on. Like if you eat the sandwich and everybody eats the sandwich, they get to go back and say, we ate a sandwich together and it's great. And he can say that to anybody. Yeah. 
I liked how he said that the amulet and like created an alliance, but what it really created was a war. I loved it. I, I loved it when he said that he was going for revenge for the people that cost him the sandwich. I yeah. thought that was so great. Yeah. So yeah, I, I loved Austin uh, during this. And you could go just go right back to the tribe and tell them, hey, we had a choice to get an advantage or a sandwich. We ate the sandwich. Smell my breath. Like I <laughs> look, look at look at my beer. There's yeah. crumbs in it. Uh, that uh, we ate a sandwich, and everybody would buy that. I agree. And I think so. And I and I totally get why Jay Maya wanted to do the advantage because it's like, hey, look, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm not at the top of Reba, but now me and Austin, we have a thing. We'll vote out Kelly and then we'll take her thing. And now me and me and uh, Austin are even more tied on the on this Reba alliance. It was interesting that there were two people from the same original tribe that were part of this because they had this in Survivor 42 and it was the three people from the different... And it really didn't amount to anything in Survivor 42. But here, it was kind of interesting that you had two people from the same starting tribe who could kind of work together. And if I'm Kelly, I'm like, hey, I, like, I'm the easy third wheel here. Like uh, that, If I take this, I, I think that Kelly made the wrong decision uh, to take this. So you think Jay Maya made the correct decision for her in taking yes. the amulet? You think Austin... Could have gone either way. Or... No, I think Austin made the correct decision of wanting the sandwich, the especially sandwich. because he already has a bunch of advantages. Yeah. What does he need another advantage? Yeah. And Kelly made the wrong one by being. I thought Kelly made the wrong target. decision. Yeah. 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 She's going to be the first, like the first mark in the Bella Rebo War. Yeah. And I love the contrasting confessionals of Jay Maya saying it was the best day of Survivor. Yeah, it was uh, really intercut in a very funny way. So that, that stuff was uh, really great. Austin, it's the worst day of Austin's Survivor <laughs> experience and it's the best day for the exact same reason. Yeah. We get to this scramble on Bello while the journey's happening and we get Brando begging Drew to target Kendra instead of him mm -hmm. in so much that he'll give him his shot in the dark. Drew's like, that's not needed. And then I thought it was uh, pretty smart of Brando to run to, to Brand didn't Brando run to uh, Emily first and say that was Drew? Oh, no, Drew said it first to Emily. Uh, they had they had the whole scramble. Uh, yeah. Brando told Drew he would give him the shot in the dark. I thought it was, I didn't understand why Drew didn't say, oh, okay, like, uh, I'll, we'll take your shot in the dark. That's fine. Because then he could have said to Emily, like, hey, he gave me his shot in the dark to tell yeah. me to say that vote for Kendra. Uh, but he very quickly like dismissed it. Not needed is what he yeah. said, which I thought, okay, he's building trust. But then they're sitting together and they're both like, I'm nervous. It's me. I'm nervous. It's me. And they're both like pretty much saying that they're targeting each other. Mm -hmm. So then take the shot in the dark if you're just going to openly target Brando. Yeah. Uh, why not? Yeah. Why not? I guess they don't know if he has an advantage, but it just seemed like he's like, ah, no, it's like that he like was going to like Brando was going to pay the check and Drew was like, no, 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 you're crazy. Get out of here. I got this. Um, and just like dismissed it. But I don't know. Why, why not take his shot in the dark? Yeah. I mean, can you play other people's shots in the dark? So I think from what I understand, and this is not gospel, but from what I understand, I think you, you can't play two shots in the dark at the same tribal council but I think they are transferable. And I think you can play one at one tribal council and then you could play another one at a second tribal council. Okay. What if you had, if you had an extra vote, could you play that and then play 
a second shot in the dark? I don't think you, that you can. I, I, you know, some of this stuff gets like a little complicated with like uh, having multiple advantages. But I think that the shot in the dark is I forego my chance to go do anything vote wise for a one in six shot at immunity. Got it. Do you like Emily in this position here where she is confronting both sides about who actually is targeting Kendra? Yeah, I do. Because, I mean, first off, that's Emily, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And she's going to just, like, call things out and, like, ask them in a very straight-laced way. And the fact that uh, that Brando was lying, uh, you know, really got her confused about like, wait, that makes no sense, Drew. Why would that? Why would that happen? And I think that Emily would hate a liar. And so I don't know if Emily got convinced that Brando did tell this lie, and that ultimately that was why she decided that she was going to go against them, or if she just had a better relationship with Austin than she did with Drew. And once he came back. Uh, but I, I felt like that Emily was being Emily. Yeah. I mean, getting interrogated on Survivor by someone never feels great. Like at mm-hmm. that point, you're always kind of like, okay, they don't trust me enough to not interrogate me. Uh, so I think there it, there is a balance there. I also wonder, do you think like, what was the deciding factor uh, for Emily siding with Drew and Austin? Because we get a lot there. We get, Austin comes back. He says that they did this sweat challenge that they whiffed on. So they didn't get anything and it was terrible. But then he shows Drew this amulet and then he also shows Emily the amulet. Does that seal the deal there? Does that lock Emily in? What is that? uh... Yeah, I think that, first of all, these two, and I think it was close for Emily, but these two have uh, consistently shown they showed all their advantages to Emily and Emily is somebody who's coming in from the bottom. She has nothing. So it's like, here, Emily, look, look at this, look at this. They're sharing all this information with Emily and Emily was somebody who says, I, you know, I've never even had an alliance in this game for her to have somebody who's sharing all this information with her. I think she's really excited. Um, plus she has a good rapport with Austin. I think that she, I think she liked Brando and Kendra, but maybe got kind of weirded out that I think she finally, sussed out that Brando did lie about the thing. But if you think about it, like who does Emily want to work with when you get to the merge? You know, she has to choose between, you know, red or blue herself. And don't forget, like who's on blue that Emily called out in the first day is Bruce. Is Emily going to go to the merge and then be in an alliance with Bruce and all his people? Like, I think she feels like also... I'm going to stick with uh, like uh, the red people like me. I'm going to go with the people from Reba. Does she understand, though, that that could have rubbed Bruce the wrong way? Emily calling him out? like yeah. I think so. I think that th- that was probably something that came up in conversation. Like, oh, back on the first day when you called out Bruce, can you believe like, oh, yeah. we thought you were totally different. Uh, and maybe she is totally different now. And maybe Caleb can help like uh, smooth that over. But... I think that she probably feels, you know, if it's a 50-50, probably Bruce didn't forget that. Yeah. No, Bruce definitely is not forgetting that. No. (laughs) He's definitely not forgetting it. And the more we talk about it on podcasts that he ultimately listens to, uh, he'll remember it even more. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) That's the good thing about podcasts. They never go away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is that the good thing? If you forget about stuff, then it's, it's always there. Yeah, that's true. You can always be reminded. Mm-hmm. Basically, my my podcasting career is almost like I haven't journaled, and people say you should journal, 
But I just feel like that one day I'll just like go back and like binge like every podcast that I did. And it's like, oh yeah, this was like a diary of my life. Instagram. Mm -hmm. Same with Instagram. I don't journal. Just got Instagram there showing all the highlights. We get into Tribal Council and you, Rob, you're, are you the first super fan to have played Survivor that was cast in that role, super fan? Yeah, I, I think that pr- probably. Like, I think that th- that there was Mitchell who was on the second season, and he was uh, the you know the person who was kind of like a big Survivor nut, but like it didn't go great for him. But I, I don't think that I got cast to uh, like as the person who was like uh, obsessed with the show. I think that that was just kind of like a bonus. But yeah, probably like one of the first like uh, really big fans who they address their fandom on the show. So Sari gets all this credit for being the hero of the couch people. Mm -hmm. But all these couch people are also Survivor super fans and they don't ever credit you. Yeah. Well, Sari got up off the couch and she she went out there. But maybe I just uh, didn't talk enough about my furniture. (laughs) That could be I got out out of my parents' basement, Riley, to go play on Survivor. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. True story. Mm -hmm. We get to Tribal Council. And the reason I bring this super fandom up is uh, Brando, as a player, doesn't want to be there. But as a super fan, is kind of loving it. Did you feel that way? Like your first Tribal Council, were you like, yeah? Yeah. No, it was, you know, really cool to go to Tribal Council uh, for the first time. Mm -hmm. And, you know... That way, way back when, you know, Survivor has become a lot more meta now. And like you, you're like encouraged to like, to, oh, talk about like the old seasons of Survivor. But back in way back when, you know, they, they, this was very frowned upon. Um, and like I remember like at the very first Tribal Council, like there was a similar like type of like, um, you know, uh, experience for me. And, and I remember like answering a question like, well, you know, Jeff, when I'm watching this show, at home, and Jeff is like, "No, no, hold on. We're we're not talking about what, what, like, how you feel when you watch. You're here. Like, there is no show. This is the this is the thing. And so, it's just interesting over twenty some odd years of how like there is like that evolution of like, no, we definitely do talk about the show and what it's like to be have that experience of going from a person who watches the show to what it's like to actually be here. It's been a theme for this season. Like Brandon talked about it a ton in the first episode." of just how different it is to be there in the television. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I, I mean, for me, even every season I've gone on, like the first Tribal Council is always pretty exciting because the, the set's always different. It's always like very ominous and grandiose. Is that grandiose? Is that yeah. how you say that? And so I think there is something to that and being like, oh my gosh, and you can feel the heat from the fire. It's a whole 4D experience, Riley. It's not, it's like soaring California. (laughs) Yeah, it's like soaring California. Yeah, with the orange blossom being squirted in your face as you're on the ride. Like, it's all there. You're smelling Mm -hmm. the, you're smelling the fuel from the, from the torches. You're, yeah, and all of it. And then you can see like these little peepholes where production's like, peeping through and you know there's people in there. Yeah, and, there and there are like 40 cameras on all of you yeah but a lot of the cameras are hidden but then there's some that are like on booms that are like sweeping and swirling and you know there's a thousand people behind the scenes but you're only seeing like five of them yeah it's uh mm-hmm. it's a lot and it is exciting we get brando saying that emily 
being Emily, she com- combats that and says she's callous to tribal and it's all well and good to uh, to be friends and to have to, you know, but we signed up to slit throats, essentially is what she's saying. Yeah. Does, does that make her more dangerous? Like if you're sitting there with her, are you like, oh, okay. She's like, not here to make friends. She's not here to make friends. Yeah. I mean, uh, she's a she's a tough customer. I, I mean, I feel like uh, that if she was there, though, that if she was like, no, I just want to be friends with everybody, it's like you wouldn't believe her. So I think in a way, like she's like more trustworthy, the fact that she's just coming out and saying the thing as opposed to just like talking through uh, the BS. Yeah, yeah, I do like that. I like that she's uh, no zero BS. And we go back and forth with Brando and Drew uh talking brando's talking about all the connections he has on the other sides and how valuable that could be because he knows where the cracks are you get drew talking about how that's also very dangerous like what side are you on there is it just a matter of who can sell their pitch better in these moments yeah i I think that probably the the die is already cast. Emily already knows uh, what what she's doing. So I don't know what they're going to say uh, in, in that scenario. And I don't know if Emily told Brando and Kendra. I guess she must have told them because Kendra seemed like very shocked ultimately that it, it didn't work out. And she yeah. like, uh, seemed very upset. So yeah, I think it's like you're kind of making your pitch, but you're also, you know, uh, it's already done. You know, it's sort of like a, a you know, fate accompli. Yeah. I, I I mean I I it's kind of like a hail mary like can I say the right thing to get the person to either lock it in with me even tighter than they had planned or to convince them to switch if they're betraying mm-hmm. me like that's yeah yeah I, in that scenario though I think I would like to see the players like talking like a little bit like uh, Jeff can I address Emily right now because I really want to like say to her in front of everybody you know um, like you know she's the one vote that's going to yeah. ultimately make the decision yeah which is uh, so interesting that like they can't put their differences aside and just vote Emily like mm-hmm. that's uh, then you're not pissing anybody off that's the thing you come back to the camp and everybody's like we're all here. Great. Like you're definitely pissing at least one person off. It's going to be back at camp by not voting out the swing vote. Yeah. But in this scenario though, it's just that like the first person to say, suggest it is the person that's going to go home. Yeah. And that is always the balance. We're past the part apparently where it's about tribe strength. Mm-hmm. When, when is that cut off? Cause it's Austin over. Address it. It's over. Tribe strength is over completely forever and ever, or just on this season right now. I think for this season right now, because I mean that it looks like they're going to have the merge next week. But I mean, even if there was going to be like what, whatever side was going to win out, you just would vote out the other person uh, next week. So yeah. it really wouldn't even matter. You know, you vote out brand. Let's say, oh, oh like we yeah. got to keep the tribe strong. Let's vote out Drew. Well, you probably still would vote out Austin at the next tribal council. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I think uh, that is a balance, I think, with returning tri- seasons that's even way mm-hmm. sooner there's then, you know, like keeping the tribe strong only matters for like one or two votes. Maybe mm-hmm. we go to vote. Uh, do you like Austin's play here with the advantages? Yeah. So this was kind of interesting that I didn't know if he was going to be able to do what he ultimately did in this episode because he got this goodwill advantage. And then it said that if you lose your vote, 
you can get it back. So I thought that maybe it would only apply to like, if you have the beware advantage. Here, he was able to sacrifice his vote, but still use the goodwill advantage to replace it, which was a little bit different than what it originally sounded like. And it, I mean, it works out for him. I like that he goes up and like they have him explain like what he's doing. Yeah, I liked it too. I like that he, uh, you know, figured out a way to manipulate the things he had to work to his benefit, but still keep the more powerful thing in the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, pretty cool. So he used that and he ended up needing to use it. Yeah, probably. I mean, it would have been a 2-2 split had he not, which... I mean, I didn't ever take the time to think what it would have happened, but... So it would have been, what, two votes on Drew and two votes on uh, Brando in yeah. that scenario. And yeah. then because he uh, he doesn't vote in that spot, then I think then he wouldn't vote in the tiebreaker, I guess. Probably. So then it's going to come down to now... flip. There's no way Emily takes rocks for them. Right? Yeah, yeah, Emily. I, I think Emily would be like, "All right, well, look, listen, idiots. Uh, you should have voted because now I'm just gonna. I'm not going to rocks for you yeah. too." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he needed to do that, and uh, that was very smart. Uh, anything else uh, jump out to you about this episode that we didn't cover before we get to the uh, Riley's superlatives? Oh. Yeah. Um, no, I thought this was a really fun episode of uh, Survivor 45. I'm really loving the season and the 90-minute the episodes are really fun. And so I, I can't wait to see. I, I was, I'm surprised that we're headed to uh, Mergatory next week. But I guess that's what they did uh, a couple seasons ago and have it at 13. So yeah, I, I can't wait to see uh, where this is going to go. Hourglass. No, no, we don't do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Riley, it's time for your superlatives where we uh, predict and ultimately mostly get wrong uh, what's happening next. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Best move of the episode. Well, as far as... uh, I I mean, it didn't work out. I really did like what Brando did to try to give the shot in the dark to Drew and to say, uh, hey, just like, uh, you know, if if the vote goes the other way, it goes the other way. Uh, That's that's fine. And uh, it felt like it almost worked. Yeah, it did probably almost work. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't mind that. Probably Caleb pulling Kelly in. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. I think I think it's just uh I thought I thought it was just Austin and Drew pulling Emily in too. Yeah, they might been too. My theory is that I think she might have been closer with them than the episode ultimately showed, and that's probably why Brando even did the like, hey, mm-hmm. I'll give you this if you just write down Kendra's name. He might have already seen the writing on the wall that Emily wasn't gonna go with them at that point. So just those social connections with those guys. Yeah, I also... It seemed like Emily felt like that there was like some daylight between uh, Brando and Kendra that maybe they didn't seem as close. And then when she heard that he was saying like, write her name down, she's like, wait, wait, this does not seem like a very... Remember, she's a financial analyst. She's like, oh, the... Yeah. that Oh, the fundamentals for this alliance uh, seem a little unstable. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with the the team that looks like they're more rock solid. Yeah. And and like Brando's pitch too was like uh, tribal at least was like, oh, well, I know where the cracks are in my old tribe. So I can like help you, you know, vote, like exploit that or whatever. And it's like, or we just vote you out and then vote all them out. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So that was a little, yeah, that was a lot. Uh, but that's more like the worst move of the episode, which we should do. Yeah. Worst move of the episode. 
I mean, there were a couple not great moments. Uh, Drew uh, just poo-pooing Brando's uh, nerd advances. Mm-hmm. I think were was uh, was bad. That got Drew a little bit more in the crossfires. Yeah, or in the crosshairs. Yeah. For me, I'll say that. And it's probably a hot take. I'll say that Kelly taking the advantage on the journey that I feel like that she doesn't have anything, but she's playing such a great game. But I think that going into this situation with two people from Reba, I think she maybe doesn't realize that she's the obvious person to get voted out to make those amulets more powerful. Yeah, Yeah. I I completely agree with that one. I can still see Austin targeting J. Maya over Kelly. Yeah, she cost him the sandwich. She was the one who was really the leading the charge of no sandwich for Austin. Yeah. He's not going to forget that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Especially on a particularly hungry day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He's a big guy. Uh, I don't think he's that big. He's kind of big. <laughs> I mean, it's all in the eye of the beholder, I guess. Mm-hmm. Riley, uh, what do you got? No, it's that. It's that. It's not taking the, the sandwiches and just yeah. yeah, putting a target on your back when you could add food. All right, next one is favorite moment. I mean, Katura and Bruce on camera <laughs> together is always going to be my favorite moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, th- that was uh, a great moment. I- I'll say that the back and forth between J. Maya and Austin, the way that that got cut together, I feel like that that was really a very funny moment. Yeah, that was good too. I'm going to do, I don't think we mentioned this on this episode, but it's Kendra's mantra being whatever, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good mantra. Yeah, that's that sometimes a- my mantra too. I'm just like, you know, whatever. It wasn't her mantra building into it though, because she was very mad. She kept doing cat growls at the uh, on camera <laughs> or something like, eh. and then all of a sudden she's like, whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. She tried. She tried to be whatever, man. Yeah, she's a, a Libra, so maybe she can't relax like that. Yeah, she's indecisive about which way to go on mm-hmm. her emotions. Let's do winter picks. I'm still ride or die with Kelly. You're sticking. Yeah. May as well stick while she's in it. Sabaya was my winter pick. And she's out already. This is very embarrassing. Went, you know. Uh, <laughs> it was not it was not more embarrassing than my preseason winner pick, which was Hannah. Hannah. So Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, well, then I'm going to say that uh, Sabaya was my winner pick, but I'll say that Caleb has now inherited her status. Very good. As winner pick. Okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Emily, who I switched to last episode. I still see them all in it. Okay, next boot. See, this is hard because it's going to be like it's half the, the people are going to be immune and you don't know who's going to be on which side. Oh, that's true. So in a standard, straightforward merge where we're just seeing everybody come together, I think it's J. Maya. I think Kelly and Austin come together and secretly say, let's target J. Maya somehow. And they both use their uh, a poles from opposite directions to get her out for the amulet's sake. But then if that's the case, then they're going to full out war the next episode or shortly after. I'm going to say that it's Bruce. I feel like that what tends Mm. to happen is that there's one tribe that's like looking to get rid of a person. And so if it works out where Bruce is eligible, like if you have like a Katora or even... Uh, Caleb is in that grouping that they might say like, hey, let's just go with the easy vote here 
if uh, I don't want it to be me, uh, let's just throw Bruce's name out there and the red people jump on it because it's like, okay, a chance to get out somebody from blue. Yeah, and easy. Yeah. I'm going to say Jake just because of all of the, his, his like passing out stuff. It, mm-hmm. like, like that's been so present in the show that I feel like it has to culminate in something. And so perhaps it's his medevac. Ooh, wow. Oh, no. That's a long shot, too. Above. I think that's yeah, uh, plus 1,700 on the payout. Yeah. Can you yeah. get a parlay on that? Yeah, yeah it's our parlay. Fan, our uh, survivor odds. <laughs> <laughs> to call a medevac? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask a question about Jake, too? I know we got to go, but... No, we uh, can. Like, he showed up with the, the, the tank top that had, like, Boston in, like, 300-point font. Why why is like Boston the city that Survivor allows to like be a person's personality? You never see like somebody <laughs> show up with that tank top and it's like Denver or something, you know, or like Seattle. Like Denver that's Mike. not that's not a thing, but Bo- the Boston they're always like, "Oh, he's the Boston guy." Like that's the the thing. I don't know. I think it's probably something to do with how like people who are from Boston are very proud they're from Boston and that mm-hmm. must be some type of mentality that it's like, yeah, this is going to win over a certain demographic to be the Boston guy. Yeah. So it must be, pl- plus they probably got permission so long ago to be Boston, you know, Boston logo <laughs> or whatever that yeah. they just still have that permission. Yeah. I don't know. And, but I think that of any city, I feel like that being a Boston guy is a personality trait, probably more so than any yeah. city, that uh, other city in America. Yeah, you say Boston guy, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're never like, oh, this is one of those like Houston guys. Like, you just never yeah. stop talking about Houston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Houston we, Hank. Oh, my God. Houston <laughs> Hank, dude. He was being so Houston. He was mm-hmm. being so Houston. How could he not, though? He's from mm-hmm. Houston. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Talking about Hakeem Elijahwan all the time. Yeah, just like nonstop. <laughs> yeah. So we answered. Uh, you answered yeah. your own question there, Riley. Yeah. In a sense, it's just it's a reflection of America. There yeah, you go. It really is. It's just a microcosm. Tyson, you're going to you're Arizona guy. This is uh, a huge week for you. Yeah, going to the World Series. Uh, I was on my phone a little bit here because I just got tickets to the World Series on Monday. So that's very exciting. I get to go to a game with my home Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, you're setting the tone for what the Phoenix guy is like. Yeah, I'm the quintessential Phoenix guy (laughs) who they will need one of on every single season of every single reality TV show for the next two decades. Yeah. It doesn't have to be me, but it's got to be an Arizona guy. Thank you so much for being here, Rob. I'm very, very excited to see you next week. Rob is doing a live uh, the Survivor viewing party in LA and uh, podcasting afterwards, right? Yeah, we're doing the live show. We're going to watch the episode and then have a big panel to talk about it. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. We did it in uh, New York last month, and now yeah. I'm going back to the West Coast for next Wednesday night. And I told you that as soon as you come to the West Coast, I will be present. You did. Tyson's a great friend and uh, he doesn't make a promise and not keep it. So I'm very excited to see you in person for, I don't know, the first time in like, what, six, seven years? It's been a a while. Yeah, I'm very excited as well. Uh, Riley, you're invited if you want to come down to LA. When? What? It's uh, Brea. Next weekend? Brea. The Brea Improv. Next Wednesday. Wednesday night. Next Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to Vegas. 
No, oh. not to Sweden. A little, little bit closer. Vegas. But yeah, I have, uh, I have plans. So, What are you doing um, in Vegas? It's like a, uh, a friend's birthday, actually. And it's Wednesday night that you have to be there in no, Vegas? No, I got to be, but it's like, it's, I got to be there um, Friday night. But it's, uh, oh, I guess it's okay. on the way. That's a good friend also, Tyson. Yeah, that's a good friend, sure. But it is on the way. You could stop in LA and then drive to Vegas and, you know. But I, look, I don't want to tell you what to do, Riley. I know. I can get you free tickets, Riley. Rob can get you free tickets. Where can people who can't get free tickets get tickets? Yeah, you can get them at robiswebsite.com slash events or uh, robiswebsite.com slash subscribe. And the link is right at the top. Very exciting. So if you want to see Rob or me or maybe Riley, it looks like he's figuring <laughs> out the logistics, then uh, come out to that. I'm very excited. I can't wait to be there. Thank you again so much, Rob. Always a pleasure. Riley, thank you for not going to Sweden this week. And till next week, see ya. Bye.